Oh, right. Now I'm on, sir. Sorry. <clears throat> hey, open in your Bibles to the book of Second Chronicles. We're going to start in Second Chronicles. It's on page 424 in my Bible. So, if you don't know where it is in yours, you can look in the front, table of contents, and find Second Chronicles. It's about this far. Old Testament before Psalms. You know, last last night, uh, John Poe and I were uh, driving in the dark late at night uh, back back from uh, the ranch. Uh, We were hanging out with uh, Justin... Uh, for his bachelor weekend, and so uh, we came back a little bit early. The rest, some of those guys are, are well, I think they're all still there. They might all still be asleep. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Tommy's fishing, though. Yes, Tommy woke up early and went fishing. So we do know that. But you know, last night we we left uh, we left the the camp basically and. It's an hour drive on like dirt roads, uh, you know, like those oil field roads or ranch roads. And oh no, yes. <laughs> and so, you know, the the word to us was this: okay, when we came in, we were kind of paying attention. Cooper was in the car with us, and we were chatting it up. And it was amazing how different that road looked on the way back at ten o'clock at night in the dark. Okay, and so the word from us, from from Shane, who knows the directions, was this: just stay on the main road. Just stay on the main road. And somewhere else, I had heard this from somebody else, but it wasn't Shane. Oh, you see, just stay left. Uh oh, everybody's going. Uh oh, you know where this is going. It's not a big uh oh. It's just small uh oh. So. Here's the deal. So we, we come to an intersection, and there, there's two roads. One goes a little bit right, and one goes a little bit left. And I tell John, he said, somebody told me to stay left, so I'm going to stay left. And so we got, start going left, and John's like, I don't think this is right, man. <laughs> I don't think this is right. And here's the deal. We're not afraid of falling asleep at this point. We are as wide awake as you can be. You know, the adrenaline is pumping. We're thinking, are, you know, can we make it back to the ranch if we get lost? I mean, are we going <laughs> to... I mean, Paxton, Shane's dad, he got lost on the way there on Friday night. And he's been there a lot of times. I mean, we thought he was joking, but he's like, no, I've been lost for hours. We're like, where's Paxton? And he gets there like 1030 at night or something. He's like, I got lost. And I'm like, oh so here's the deal. So we, I went with what John said. I said, okay, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna go with what you're saying, John. And so we turned back around and we went back the other way. And so we just kept going and we're going a long time. And then we're like, this sure seems like it's a lot longer on the way out than on the way in. And so, uh, miraculously, we burst forth from the dirt roads onto a paved road, uh, and we made it in late last night. Uh, but here's, here's the deal. Two things is uh, whatever voice is speaking to you is not always the right voice. 
This has nothing to do with the, the rest of the message. Okay? <laughs> this is number one. This one's the free one. Okay? <laughs> All voices that are speaking to you are not the right voice. And so it's really easy to get off track because I heard somebody say, keep to the left. If we would have stayed left, I don't know where we would have ended up. Uh, not here. <laughs> I may not have been here this morning. You may have had somebody. I don't know who then preaching because Ashley was teaching children. So Ronnie and Greg would have been flipping a coin at 10 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and so, um, but here, here's the other thing. When you're on the journey and you don't know where you're going, it's good to have somebody with you. You know, I felt a whole lot more at peace just because I had John there. I mean, he's a big guy. I figured he could probably push this truck if we run out of gas, you know. But, uh, you know, it's just, it's just good to have somebody with you. So you need someone on the journey with you that'll sometimes just tell you, and I don't, I don't know if that's right. And then even when we're on the right path together, you know, there's the times where John was saying, I don't remember this, Are you, you know. And uh, I said, no, I, th- I remember this. Because, you know, we're imperfect, and so we, we need each other. So those are, that, that's for free, okay? And so uh, today we're going to look at Josiah, though. We're going to talk about our heart, and uh, we're going to look at the life of Josiah uh, from Second Chronicles 34. It's also in Second Kings chapter 22. Uh, if you need to read the, another account of it, they're very, very similar, uh, almost, almost word for word, but very similar. So let me give you a little background for Josiah before we dive into him for just a minute. Um, Josiah is a is one of the kings of of Judah. Uh, there was the the twelve tribes of Israel. They established a kingdom. At some point, they split very early on, and ten tribes became known as Israel, and the other two tribes became known as Judah. And so, at this point, Israel has already been taken captive. They've, they've, they turned away from God. They, they never had a good king. Here's how you remember. All the kings of Israel were bad. Uh, the kings of Judah, it was a mixed bag. Okay. There, there's some that were, that were following the Lord and some were, that weren't. So right now we're, we're focusing on Judah. And so Josiah becomes king at the age of eight years old. Now here's the deal. His grandfather, Josiah's grandfather was one of the most wicked kings of Judah. And his name was Manasseh. And he like, I mean, he did some amazing things. He didn't just turn his heart away from God. Like, he brought like other idols and stuff and put them in the Lord's temple. I mean, he just did some very scary and crazy stuff. I mean, it's like the worst thing you could think of. Put it in the most holy place and that's what this guy was doing. And so, you know, he was taken and all the people in the nation were led astray to worship other gods and do all kinds of other uh, corrupt and evil things. Now, at the end of his life, Manasseh did have kind of like this deathbed repentance thing where he kind of got a little bit of things right with God. And so we don't, I don't know where he stands in his eternity. Uh, but there was still a widespread effect. In fact, it was because of Manasseh, the things he did, that God finally took the people of Judah captive and said, we need to get you out of here so I can get you back in the right place. Uh, but you're going to reap the consequences of your actions. You do, you do, you do know that you reap what you sow. It just, it just happens. You're, you're going to receive the, sometimes God has mercy, but you will reap the consequences of your actions. And so it's not that God's not forgiving or merciful. It's just like, hey, this opened the door and you're, you know, you didn't close the door. 
So that was his grandfather. So then his father became king for a very short time, and he tried to outdo his grandfather, so he was just as evil and just as bad. He only lasted two years, and then they, they you know, the people were like, we're, you're so bad, we're getting rid of you. And so there's, there was an uprising of people that a coup happened, and uh, they got rid of that king, and then there was another group that rose up and said, no, we're going we're gonna to make Josiah, who's the son of Ammon, that was his name. We're going to make him the king. And he became a king at eight years old. So that's where we start off. It says, Josiah was eight years old when he became king. This is verse 1 of chapter 34. And he reigned in Jerusalem 31 years. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and followed the ways of his father David, not turning aside to the right or to the left. So I want to highlight just a few things before we read the, the specific account we're going to focus on in his life. Verse 3, it says this, in the eighth year of his reign. Can anybody do math here? How old is Josiah? 16. Who's 16 here? Anybody? No. Who's 15? Okay. So about your age. Okay. It says, while he was still young, he began to seek the God of his father David. So he began to seek God. He began to say, look, he has no reference for following God. His grandfather was one of the worst people that ever lived on the earth, and his father was right there with him. So, I mean, he had no examples, he had no heritage, he had no spiritual DNA being passed down from him. His great, 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 grandfather was David. That was a long time ago. David's been gone for, you know, hundreds, possibly a thousand years. And so... He begins to seek God. And then it says in the twelfth year of his reign. So how old is he now? Twenty. Yeah, a little math class here today. Kai would be happy. Um, In the twelfth year of his reign, it says he began to purge the land of the idols. In verse 4, you know, under his direction, all the altars were torn down. So he begins to just, he does starts doing a cleansing. There's a spiritual cleansing happening going on in here, in, in the nation. So then it says in the eighteenth year of Josiah's reign. Uh, so how old is, is he now? 26. He's 26 years old. Uh, who's about 26 in here? Okay. Some of you are lying. <laughs> Some of you are true. I see, I see a couple. Of, so in the 26th year of reign, so he's continuing to follow God, and there's more, there's more things that happen. There's more things that come. Uh, so to purify the land and the temple, he sent all these people uh, to repair the temple of the Lord. So there's something that's moved in his heart. And so we're going to go into verse 14 now and pick up the story. So they're rebuilding the temple. Uh, so it's been, you know, hasn't been, there's been no worship of God going on in the temple, basically. Verse 14 says, while they were bringing out the money that had been taken into the temple of the Lord, Hilkiah the priest found the book of the law of the Lord that had been given through Moses. So what is this to them? This is the word of God. In other words, they didn't even have a Bible of any sort at this time. I mean, can you imagine that? I mean, they haven't even looked at a Bible for, for, well, let's see, at least 40 or 50 years. Manasseh reigned for a long time. And so two generations of kings. And so Hilkiah said to Shaphan, I found the book of the law in the temple of the Lord. And he gave it to Shaphan. Then Shaphan took the, the book to the king and reported to him, your officials are doing everything that's been committed to them. They've paid out the money 
that was in the temple and have, have entrusted it to the supervisors and the workers. So they were doing what they're supposed to do. They're paying the guys that are working on the temple. Then Shaphan the secretary informed the king, Hilkiah the priest has given me a book. And Shaphan read from it in the presence of the king. When the king heard the words of the law, he tore his robes. And he gave these orders to Hilkiah, Ahikam, Abdon, Shaphan, Isaiah. You know, it's hard for me to say them too, people, so don't worry. Go and inquire of the Lord for me and for the remnant in Israel and Judah about what is written in this book that has been found. Great is the Lord's anger that is poured out on us because those who have gone before us have not kept the word of the Lord. They have not acted in accordance with all that is written in this book. So basically, when the, when the word of God is read, he is cut to his heart and he, you know, the king would not normally do this, but he tore his robes to say, this is so serious. This is one of the most serious things we've ever dealt with. God needs to have mercy on us. And so he sends them to say, hey, go inquire of God. Because at that time, it wasn't one-on-one with God. It was the prophet hears from God. Okay, we, we don't have that now. You don't need the prophet to hear God. You have the Holy Spirit. He's the one that's speaking to you for God. But this is before Jesus. And so, verse 22 says, Hilkiah and those the king had sent with him went to speak to the prophet Huldah. So here's, here's the women in ministry plug. Who was the wife of Shalom, son of Tokoth, the son of Hazra. So hey, they didn't go to the dude prophet. They went to the woman prophet. It's there in the Old Testament too. Uh, God, God isn't leaving women out. Uh, he's, he, they can do anything that he calls them to do. Amen. So, uh, I lost my track there. What verse am I on? 22. I'm still there. So they go to, and she says in verse 23, this is what the Lord says. Tell the man who sent you to me. This, this is what God says. I'm about to bring disaster on this place and its people. All the curses written in the book that has been read in the presence of the king of Judah, because they've forsaken me and burned incense to other gods and aroused my anger by all that their hands have made, my anger will be poured out on this place and will not be quenched. In other words, all the stuff that's that's supposed to happen, that God said would happen if you turn away, it's going to happen. The consequences are going to be there. But tell the king of Judah, who sent you to inquire of the Lord, this is what the Lord of God says concerning the words you heard. Because your heart was responsive and you humbled yourself before God when you heard what he spoke against this place and his people. And because you humbled yourself, humbled yourself before me and tore your robes and wept in my presence, I have heard you, declares the Lord. Now I will gather you to your ancestors and you will be buried in peace. Your eyes will not see all the disaster I'm, I'm about to bring on this place and all, on all those who live here. So basically what, what the word was this, the prophetic word, the message from God was this, is those things are still going to happen. What you've read from the word of God will come to pass. But because of your heart, you're not going to be a part of it. You're not going to see it. You're not going to, you're not going to experience that in your lifetime. So if we turn to, uh, the end of the chapter there, verse 33, So it says, Josiah removed all the detestable idols from all the territory belonging to the Israelites, and he had all who were present in Israel serve the Lord their God. Listen to this. As long as he lived, 
they did not fail to follow the Lord, the God of their ancestors. And so then what happens is this. Right after they find the book of the law, they say, they, they also find the reading that says, hey, we're supposed to be celebrating Passover. We're supposed to be honoring God in the feasts. We're supposed to be having these times of celebration and, and interaction with God. Um, and it says that they celebrate the Passover like it has never been celebrated. I think it's verse 18. Did I put that one up there? Uh, verse 18 of 35 uh, says... The Passover had not been observed like this in Israel, look at this, since the days of the prophet Samuel. And none of the kings of Israel had ever celebrated such a Passover as did Josiah with the priests, the Levites, all of Judah and Israel who were with the people of Jerusalem. And so what happens there is there is a spiritual revival, an awakening happens in the nation. I mean, did you catch that? That it said, not even David... Not even Solomon, not even any of all the other good kings, no one else had responded. They had celebrated this since the time of Samuel, which is a long time ago. Samuel's been gone so long that they forgot how to spell his name. So um, it's, it's just amazing what happened. And it all happened because of one thing, because of one man had a responsive heart. One man had a heart that responded to God. And that's what, what the Lord's going to be talking to us about, and I think it might be pretty brief here, um, is this, that is your heart able to respond to God? Now, here's the thing about response, is you can't prepare for a response that you don't know you're going to have to face. You know, when you respond, it's in the moment. There's no, there's no study notes. You know, you can't go by. You remember in school, do they still have those, those do they still have books? <laughs> or is it just all computers? Is it all computers? So, you know, in school we had we had these things called cliff notes. They still have cliff notes? You know what that is? Okay. I, I didn't know if I'm too old yet. I'm still not too old. Okay. You, when you had to read a big long novel in class, you know, hey, you need to read Huckleberry Finn. You go check out Huckleberry Finn and it's like this big. I want to do, let you know I never use cliff notes anyway, so... Ah, but uh, I actually did the reading, kind of a rule, rule follower. I'm like, they said to read it. The teacher said, I'm going to read the whole book. So, but most normal students did not do that, right? They didn't read the book. So if you didn't want to read the book, you go buy a book that's like this thick, and it had a yellow cover, and it was the cliff notes for Huckleberry Finn or whatever book you're reading that you never want to read again, okay? Um, and so they kind of summarize it in short form, tells you what the book is about. So when you're in class or when you're writing about it or when you're taking the test, you just go, I just need, I just need the, the, the cliff notes. I need to know what's going on here. Where am I going with this? I totally forgot. <laughs> what's that? Oh. So there's no cliff notes in life. You know, there's no, there's no short version where you can just read up. Don't you wish there were study notes sometimes? Like, hey, I could just have the preparation. You know, I love those professors in college who they would give you like this great outline. And there's some of them that you knew if you just, if you just learned all that stuff, that was exactly what was on the test. And then there were those evil professors. <laughs> Who it didn't matter what they gave you or what information you had, you get to the test and you go like, 
Why is he asking that? When did we talk about this? Where is this information? I've never seen it before. And so, you know, that's how life is. Life is sometimes like the evil professor. You show up and you just got to respond. You're like, where was that information before? I have not read the book on this. I do not have the cliff notes. My buddies that we study together, we're walking through life. They're like, I didn't know that was going to happen in your life either. So, you know, and so... We just have to be ready to respond. Is my heart ready to respond? Josiah had a heart that was, it says it was tender or responsive. It was open to God. So when the Holy Spirit showed up and was doing something in him, rather than going, oh, I'm confused, or I'm not ready for that, or no, he just said, I'm just going to respond right now to what the Spirit is doing. The second thing is this. Notice that it's not dependent upon the spiritual history of your family. Josiah, man, he had nothing. I mean, talk about this is like this is like the grandpa you don't want coming around. Okay, like thanks for stopping by, grandpa, but please shut yourself and don't ever come back. You know, um, you know. His dad was, was, wasn't any better. Uh, he, pro- he hardly knew them. He was eight years old. So he, he, had, he had no history to draw on other than the history of God. And so I don't know, maybe he went and somehow said, tell me some stories about David. Somebody, somebody who knows about David, King David, tell me about David. What was David like? You know, maybe they started talking and said, hey, David, we heard about David. The only thing we know is he's, he was the man after God's own heart. And so maybe Josiah at 16 starts asking God, hey, make me like David. Give me a heart like David. Make my heart responsive to you. Look, let, let, me, let me be like that guy. You know, because that's the guy. I mean, David failed horribly, but David is the guy in the Old Testament. He's right there with, I mean, there's Moses and there's David. Uh, that's about the two top dudes there, obviously, besides God. I mean, you've got Moses and David, but man, it's like David, 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 David. I mean, even Jesus is called the son of David, not just because he came from his line, but it's like that was the heart of David was being passed on. And so Josiah tapped into that somehow. He didn't even have a Bible. <laughs> They found it when he was, how old? 26? 26! Hey, so if you're 26, you just now reading the Bible, you're right in line with Josiah. Just start reading it. Just start getting in the Word of God. It's never too late to get in God's Word. It's never too late to do that. If you're older than 26, double 26, get in the Word of God. And let your heart begin to respond what it to what is in there and what God begins to do inside of you. But Josiah broke free from his family's spiritual history because he got a hold of God. And he let God get a hold of him. And so it's an amazing, uh, it's an amazing encounter where a spiritual renewal goes across the whole nation because of one person's heart that responds to God. You know, our hearts are, is just the, the key issue. It says in Proverbs that above all else, guard your heart for out of it springs all of life, basically. 
You know, there's a, there's a war for your heart. There's a war for your affections. There's a war for your desires. There's a war for your will. And there's all kinds of stuff bombarding you. And there, but the Holy Spirit is always there coming in and saying, I want a mess right here in your heart. Well, worry about your head later, okay? <laughs> if you can get your heart, your head will get working right. Your thoughts will start to change. You'll begin to look at things differently. Your perspective will change. But if he doesn't have your heart, if your heart is not responsive to God, then you're going to miss out. And here's the deal. It's not just about you. It's not, oh, well, you're going to miss out on all these good things God has for you. Yeah, that's true. You're, you're going to miss out because you need to respond to God for somebody else. There's somebody else that's dependent upon you seeking God and being responsive to Him. It's not just about you. We need, I need that reminder just as much as you. Because I get all caught up, oh, there's all this stuff going on with me, and God, you know, it's like, God's like, look, it's, look, broaden your perspective a little bit here. Open your eyes a little bit. You know, I I love what my wife shared this morning, because it kind of can knock you out of like, man, my life's really tough, and I've got all this stuff going on. And look, life is tough. Some of you guys are going through some hell right now. We're not, I'm not trying to minimize that thing, but what I'm saying is there is someone greater than the hell that's on earth. And it's the one who brought heaven to earth so that we could be free. And so Jesus Christ has freedom. He has power and authority. And when we line up our hearts with what he is doing in all the earth, then we can be released to see freedom and breakthrough wherever we are. Most of us aren't called to lead nations to breakthrough, but... What if he just wants your household to be led to breakthrough? What if he wants your workplace to be led in breakthrough? What if it's just one friend that says, you're going to respond to God and it's your job, your calling on your life, the anointing upon you to reach that person. You're the one. You know, I love Psalm 27 and verse 8. Can we put that one up there? I know it's there. My heart has heard you say, Lord, he's talking to the Lord, come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I'm coming. Lord, I'm coming. You know, there's all kinds of reasons we don't respond. Sometimes we're just hiding. We're hiding out from God. Sometimes we've just been hurt. Just we're just stuff has happened, and we're like, I don't even know how to respond to God right now. I'm just I'm just crushed. I I, I just don't even know what to do. Uh, you know, that's when you. It's great to have somebody else riding in the car with you. Just find that person that can help you. Say, yeah, I think we should go this way. Let, let's walk this way. And no matter what, I'm going to be there with you to walk through it. Because, you know, if we would have got lost on that dirt road last night, I would have been, I was just happy that John was there. If we had to sleep in the car and, well, I don't know, I've, there's all kinds of thoughts going through your head, you know, what's going to happen? How, we don't even have cell phone response. We can't even call anybody and say, <laughs> we're lost, <laughs> we're lost, we can't get off the, we can't get off the dirt roads. Uh, <laughs> Another good thing to do is we knew we were supposed to head west. And so we kept, we just kept going, okay, this road is heading us west, so eventually we'll hit something. Northwest, west, northwest. If you know, if you're going the right direction, sometimes that's all you need is like, God, just keep going the same direction. 
He, he pointed you in a direction. Just all this other stuff. I don't even hear anything else from God. I don't know what's going on. Hey, well, just keep heading the way he told you to go last. What's the last thing he said to you? What, what's the last thing he showed you? Hey, let's go that direction. Might just be that you've closed yourself off it, you know, because of sin. It says that sin hardens our hearts to God. And so when we continually choose to not follow God, we become less responsive. You know, we don't even know that he's coming to us and he wants us to respond to something. And so we just need to repent. We need to change. We need to say, God, I repent. I change. I ask you to come free me. And he's, it says he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to purify us from all unrighteousness. In other words, that's the, that's the cleansing. Just like Josiah was cleansing the temple, he's like removing all the stuff. Sometimes you've got to remove the stuff that gets in the way. It's like, God... Some, I don't know how this got in here. I don't know who put it in here. Maybe it was me. Maybe it was someone else. But there's things that need to be moved out. That's what, what Josiah did with the temple. What does it say in the New Testament? Now, hey, guess what? Now you're the temple. And so there were idols set up in my temple and they need to be torn down. They need to be removed. They need to be burned. They need to be taken out in the valley and crushed. And it says he beat them into powder sometimes where it's like, we're not just going to break this thing in half. We're going to just put it into powder where it's never going to come back. Because if we've got a responsive heart, anything can happen. All things are possible. I love Galatians 4. I want to close with this one. Galatians 4, verse 6 and 7. It says, Because you are sons, God sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, the Spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. Do I have verse 7? There we are. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. Put verse 6 back up there if you would, please. Uh, It says, here's the deal. Here's the amazing promise from God that you responding is not totally up to you. It's not just about you. The Holy Spirit comes and is always responding to God crying out in our hearts, if you're a believer in Jesus, it says the Holy Spirit comes into you, and guess what he's always crying? Abba, Father. He is always moving you to respond to God the Father. So sometimes what we need to say is, Holy Spirit, I don't feel this. I don't think this. I may not even believe it, but help me. Help me. You know, it says in Romans 8 that the Spirit knows what to pray when we don't know what to pray. There's sometimes when you're like, I don't even know what to do. And you're like, Holy Spirit, I just need you to do something in me. I need you to pray through me. I need you to even ask for me what I need. I don't even know what I'm supposed to be asking for my own self. But it says that the Holy Spirit calls out all the time in our hearts, Abba, Father. And Abba was like the intimate term for for Daddy God. Whatever term makes you feel most close to God, that's the term that the Holy Spirit is crying out in our hearts as the sons and daughters of the King. I believe God is just, just stirring the hearts of His people to begin to respond. That we're not going to, we don't get to just sit back and wait around. 
We need to respond to what the Holy Spirit is doing. And you know what? It takes a step of faith sometimes. God's going to come to you and there's no cliff notes. You're not going to be ready for it. You're not going to, but you are going to be prepared for it. But you're not going to know about it. You're not going to have the information. You're not going to have the plan all laid out. All you planners. Okay? Who's planner in here, right? You know? You know, he doesn't always give you the whole layout. It sometimes just shows up. You're like, God, that wasn't part of the plan here. <laughs> Where was that? Where did that come from? Uh, he says, but I'm going to prepare you to be ready to respond. And I believe that there's things that God is going to drop in our hearts. And he's just waiting for your heart to say, yes. Yes. You know, God does that the first time when you come to salvation. If you've never given your heart to Jesus, if you've never responded and believed that Jesus is the Son of God, that He can forgive your sins, that uh, this is not a fiction book that we're reading here, uh, that this is truly what happened, this is historical, this is factual, this is what God is saying right now in this time to every single one of us, He's looking for that first yes. But God doesn't stop at one yes. He doesn't stop at one yes. I have to keep saying yes. You know that old song? We still sing it every once in a while. You know, it's yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord. And you're like, man, that boy, that guy did not really understand how to create lyrics for a good song, right? <laughs> I mean, just repeating the same thing over and over again. Doesn't that get kind of boring? Well, I think in some ways, I look at that song, I go, that's my life. Sometimes just need to be yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord. Si, senor, si, si, senor. You know, whatever language you want to use. (laughs) Um, (coughs) Excuse me. (coughs) To just have that yes in your hearts. You know, God's already said yes to us. It says Jesus is the yes. He is the amen. So he's already been the first yes. And so he's not asking for you to take the first step. He's asking you to respond. Everything that God does, it's almost a response. God's like, you know, I've done this. Now you get to respond to it. You know, you, you don't have to initiate it, but you do have to be ready to respond to what He's doing in your heart. Thank you, Jesus. So let's stand. Thank you, Jesus. Let's just put our hands on our hearts. Thank you, Holy Spirit, right now. Lord, God's already been doing surgery on some of you right during our worship time. I know He was, he was messing around with a lot of you and doing all kinds of things. But God, we just... We just pray right now for the same heart that Josiah had to be in us. Lord, let fear, let, let hiding, let anxiety, let disappointment, let anger, let uh, sin. Lord, let anything that would oppose what you're doing in these hearts be torn down in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, we just invite you to begin to cry out in these hearts even more about intimacy with the Father. I just pray, Lord, that you would release that truth in these hearts, Lord. Because if we know you, then we'll say yes. Lord, the more we know you, the more we just, there's no way. Why would I say no? Why would I say no to you, Lord? And so, heal our hearts, Lord, if there's anybody that needs healing just from life and all the junk that's happening right now. God, I just pray healing. I declare healing in hearts in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we choose to respond to you. So if there's anything that God's just speaking to you right now, just just quietly just, just respond to Him. Just say yes.
We say yes, Lord. We say yes. Thank you, Father God. I pray you release Josiah's in the younger generation. Can we pray for our young people right now? Anybody under 18 right now? If you're by them, lay your hands on them. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing in young people. Lord, in our church and all over this this nation, we declare that this is the generation that's going to be Psalm 27.8, where they respond and say, Lord, I'm coming. Lord, I'm coming. Anybody who's not here, God, we're just spiritually placing our hands upon them, Lord. And they're part of that, Lord. In the name of Jesus, stir up Josiah's. Stir up Josiah's, God. We need a miracle in our nation. We, we are desperate for you to move in our nation. And almost every single time, it's young people. Almost every single time, it's not us old people. It's the young people who respond to God, who get a hold of something fresh. And so right now, I pray that each and every one of these would get a hold of something fresh. God, something fresh being released in their hearts. In the name of Jesus, something fresh being released on their hearts. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, something fresh and new. Something fresh and new. In Jesus' name. They would think differently. Thank you, Lord, that they do think differently. They'll move beyond the barriers that other generations have set up that have stopped people from coming to God. There's going to be new ways where they come in. Not new ways, not in terms of not being Jesus. New ways to reach them, God. Creative ways to reach their generation in the name of Jesus. Let their hearts be protected from all the the warring that's going on around them In, in the name of Jesus. We thank you. Thank you for releasing that this morning. Hallelujah. Everybody said, Amen. Amen. It's good stuff. If you still need prayer, come find us. Uh, If you want to come to our house tonight for dessert, let us know. Love to see anybody.